So on Dafyud Ches, on Medal of Hand Bays will work. We actually start on, on Omid Bays, where the um, Mishnah says that they used to have to make the Kohen Godel take an oath, and we read this on Yom Kippur in the Musaf. They used to make the Kohen Godel take an oath before he went into the Avodah, uh, that he won't change any detail from everything they'd been through. They rehearsed the whole thing, they simulated the whole thing, they trained him on every step, and he still, after that, had to take an oath that he won't change anything. Um, and the, the reason is, the Gemara tells us that uh, the, the Tzedukim used to, used to take the, the Chumash literally without Torah Shabal Peh. Uh, and if you take the, the Psukim without Torah Shabal Peh, you can interpret it that the Kohen Godel has to mix the incense and the coals outside of the Kodesh Kadoshim and walk in with it ready mixed. And that's it, Allah. And, and that's not the way we have to do it. He has to go into the Kodesh Kadoshim and, and mix it there. Uh, and that, that difference uh, can make a difference in the Kapora. And, and, and it's interesting. It's not just the question of uh, does he put these, the fire, does he put the, the fire into the Kodesh first or the coals into the Kodesh first or did he do it once he's in? Of course, that's part of it as well. But it's the denial of Torah Peh. Denial of the oral law. And we've got that problem today. Uh, to keep the Torah without the oral law is not the Torah. That's not, that's not Yiddishkeit. That's not Judaism. That's another religion. Um, there are many religions who followed the, the Torah, who followed the Chumash, uh, as they understand it. And till today, there are many Christian people who do that. There are others who, other, other religions and people who do that. There are Jews who do that, uh, who don't keep the Torah Shabal Peh. Without the Torah Shabal Peh, there's... Uh, there isn't anything really. Um, and that's part of what the Tzedukim, so to, to do it in the way that the Tzedukim did denies the, the foundation of Torah Shabbat of the oral law, which is the, the foundation of, our, of, of everything we do. So we make him take a, take a shvui, and we make him swear that he won't change anything. After that, that oath, who He turns aside and cries, and they turn aside and cry. And um, th- this crying is not, as we mentioned once before, like in the, in the, in the, some of the German Machzorim for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, it says, here you must cry. And, uh, and then you kind of turn on the tears, and then you turn the tears off again. It's not like that. It's, uh, when it says, it's telling you a historic fact, not a din. Now you must go and cry. It's, they used to cry, and he used to cry. Why did they cry, says the Gemara and Daf, you test the next page? They cried because, he cried because they suspected him of being a tzaddiki, of, of, of denying Torah Shabbat Peh, what a terrible thing. So why are they crying? Because they suspected somebody who might be a kosher yid, who might be a good ordinary person. And, and to do that, this Gemara is so moving and so important for today, for anybody who operates in the world. The... Um, because look, look, look what it is, and, and just go one step further. The Meiri says, why do they have to make him swear? Um, he goes into the Kodesh Kodoshim alone. Nobody can monitor him. Nobody can supervise him. Nobody knows what he's doing there. We have to trust him 100% to follow what he, was, what he was told to do and not to in any way deviate from that. So we can't know. So he has, to, he has to take a shvur. So what's there to cry about? Why don't we just say to him, sorry, Kohen Godel, it's the regulations, you know, this is a, yeah, and the bylaws of the Beis HaMikdash, 
since we can't monitor you, it's not anything personal. This is just the bureaucratic requirements that we, you've got to take a shvur. So please take a shvur sign here and then get on with it. How many times a day does any businessman have that? You go into a bank, you want to learn how many documents do you have to sign? Uh, they don't trust you. I know we trust you, Mr. So-and-so, but these are the rules. This is how, this is how it's done. It's a, this is the way it's done. That's the bureaucratic requirements. So, so we depersonalize dealings and blame everything on bureaucracy. This is how the bureaucracy is. We don't stop for a moment to think, what does it mean to ask somebody to sign a whole lot of documents when he wants to borrow some money from you? What does it mean? It, it means you don't trust him. But it's not because of that. It's just even the, even the halacha is that if it's a, a loan, a longer-term loan, you've got to have it in writing. Yes, you do have to have it in writing. Yes, you do have to have people signing. Yes, the Kohen Godel does have to take a shvur. That's all true. And you can't change that. You go into the bank, you want a mortgage, you're going to have to sign your life away. That's what you're going to have to do. But do they not trust you? It makes no difference whether they trust you or not. Those are the rules. You can't change that. That's how the world operates, and that's how the world should operate. What can you change? Can you imagine if you're busy signing these documents, and the clerk at the bank takes out her handkerchief or his, and, and they're sobbing? And you're saying, oh my goodness, what, what's wrong? Can I help you? He says, no, and he's sobbing away, and he's crying. He says, I just feel so terrible that I'm, I'm acting as if we don't trust you. It's such a terrible thing. That we can control. How you feel when you ask somebody to abide by a bureaucratic rule that suggests mistrust. How you feel you can control. That's up to you. That's not the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy doesn't control your feelings. And look how, how the Torah teach, teaches us. The way you feel makes the difference. And imagine how, the, how your customer feels, how your client feels. If they just sense... Yes, we need you to sign all these documents, but there's a discomfort. There's an unhappiness. I realize there's something undignified about it. There's something inhuman about it. And, and, the bureau, and bureaucracy is undignified and it's inhuman. But that's how a society works. But at least, but at least feel the sadness of bureaucracy. Bureaucracy is such a sad reality to strip human beings of their dignity, to strip human beings of their individuality, and to treat everybody exactly the same and on the lowest common denominator. Everybody, the Chofetz Chaims, comes in and is treated like he's a crook. That's how it is. That's something to cry about, that we need a bureaucracy that treats everybody the same and everybody like, like they can't be trusted. The greatest gift you can give a person is trust. To make a person feel that you trust them is one of the most wonderful feelings that a person can have. Feeling trusted is second only to feeling loved. And some say feeling even more important than feeling loved. To feel trusted. And, and to feel mistrusted is one of the most unpleasant feelings uh, that, that, that there can be. Imagine if, if every time you walk into my house, I lock all the cupboards and I put things away. And, and, and I don't do it for anybody else. I just do it. That's a terrible thing. Well, that's what we're doing when we make people sign these documents. We're locking the doors. We don't trust you. And yes, again, my point is the, the external action is dictated by reality. But the way you feel about it, the inner place from which you come, is not dictated by, by reality. That's up to you. 
you can feel the indignity of bureaucracy, whether you're on the receiving end on it, of it or you're on the giving end of it. Don't get used to it. As much as it's part of everyday life, never get used to bureaucracy because it's, it's dehumanizing and at least be conscious of the fact that it's dehumanizing. And for that, they used to, the Bayesian used to, used to uh, cry and, and he, the Kohen Godel used to cry because it's so dehumanizing. Who is this Kohen Godel that they, that they used to suspect? Was he so beyond suspicion? So we have on the previous, on, on Yudcheh Samud Aleph, on the first Omud of Adaf, we have the, the story of the, during the Bayes Sheni, during the Bayes Hamita Sharishun, we had the calculation already, the Kohenim Gedolim used to last for a long time. During the second temple, every year they used to be replaced because they didn't survive, because the, they, they were appointed politically. And Ravasi tells us, Tarkavo de Dinori Ailile Marta Bas Baisus Liyanai Malka. Marta, Martha, but Baisus paid a fortune of money to the king Yanai to appoint her new husband, Yoshua ben Gamla, as the Kohen Godel. So you see, it was done by money. And the difficulty with that is that the, the Ritvo asks, there's a Gemara in Bova Basra, Dafchafalaf Amudalaf, that says, there's a certain human being who you must always remember positively. Why? And who is he? Yoshua ben Gamla, Shmo. He's Yoshua ben Gamla, the same man. Shilmalehu, what did he do, Yoshua ben Gamla? This man who was appointed to Kohen Godel with corruption, what did he do? Without him, we wouldn't have a Torah today. Torah would have been forgotten because he instituted the Talmud Torahs and yeshivas. He institutionalized learning. He created an educational system from the age of six or seven years old that kids would go into a system and would be educated. Again, a bureaucracy. Until then, there was a time when it wasn't needed. Fathers taught their sons, and the, and the city took it upon themselves to make sure that everybody was taught. And then it started falling away, and anybody who didn't have a father was Talmud Chochem, wasn't learning. And then even the fathers were busy, and, and Torah started being forgotten. Yeshua ben Gamlo created the institution of educational systems. All of our yeshivas, schools, and universities today come from Yeshua ben Gamlo. The non-Jewish world didn't have universities at that time. The whole concept of a universal of a of a institution of education was innovated by Yeshua ben Gamla. Says the Ritvos, what, so what we bring him as an example of corruption? What what was this? The Yesh Taret says the Ritvo, ki It shows what a human being can do. After he was appointed Kohen Godel, he did tshuva and he fixed himself and he became a great human being. He got the job unfairly, but he kept the job out of his own sitkut, out of his own righteousness. And you see from here what a position of responsibility can do to a person. Sometimes you take on a position of responsibility, a person takes it on. It's like taking a suit of clothes that are way too big for him, but he grows into it. It's possible to grow into a position, to grow into a job. Uh, we saw that with, with, uh, with David Amelach putting on shoals, uh, Shaul's uniform and how it didn't fit him and you, a person takes a position often which is too big for him and he grows into the position if he takes it seriously he grows into the position there's a lot of commentary it always has been through the years in, in the United States how, how the president almost the day after the inauguration changes and starts becoming presidential just the responsibilities of the office start to change the person and start to mold the person, and start to grow the person. It's terribly important for an individual, for, particularly for men. Women have got it automatically uh, often, but especially for men, 
it's terribly important to have positions of responsibility. It doesn't matter what it is. You can be a shopkeeper. You can be in charge of moving the garbage. It doesn't matter what it is. But something that you are responsible for. Because that responsibility grows you. A person's job is not just a way of earning a living. A person's job is, is his source of, of self-worth and self-value and drives his growth, actually molds him into a person who takes on greater responsibility. And you see that with Yeshua ben Gamla. becomes a great human being, molded by his office. He wasn't great to start with. But his office molds him into somebody of, of great stature that changes the course of history, not only of the Jewish people, but of the world. This Yeshua ben Gamla does. So, yes, it's people like Yeshua ben Gamla that they make take this, this oath. Sure, there were some dodgy sort of people as well who got the job of Kohen Gadol during the second base. I make that. But many of them, even though they were dodgy in the beginning, grew in stature as they moved into the job. It doesn't matter who it was, Yeshua ben Gamla or a person who was always a tzaddik, everybody had to take the shvur. The shvur was a bureaucratic requirement because nobody could supervise him there and we couldn't make distinctions. Everybody had to take the shvur. But the beauty of it is, even though you impose a bureaucratic system on everybody in the same way, feel the person's humanity and feel the indignity of bureaucratic mistrust because that's what bureaucracy is. Bureau bureaucracy is institutionalized mistrust. And although we need it, we don't need to feel insensitive to it. We need to retain our humanity and our sensitivity as we do it.